0: Power of the dark side.
1: I'm not a baby, I'm a man. I am an anchor man. Is
2: this a kissing book? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style?
1: Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Just Like in the Movies, brought to you by gkmedia.ie, where we provide digital content and marketing solutions for SMEs throughout Ireland and the UK. We did have a little bit of a break because we went on holidays, but someone decided to We ex- did well, not go on holidays. Well, Kieran and some I went on, went on holidays. Some people went on holidays and
3: some people stayed at home. Well, I
1: came back. He <laughs> decided to extend his holiday in Morocco for another week. <gasps> But delighted to have Darren Lee join us in the hot seat this week. Darren. Hello, pleasure to be here. So for those who don't know, I don't know even, Lisa, did we get you to do an introduction of yourself on day oh, one?
2: No, no, no. Let's not do one of those.
1: But Darren, can you <laughs> no, tell us <laughs> a little bit about yourself? Just,
2: just no. Uh, I am a Galway-based, I guess I'm a podcaster at the moment. It's pretty much all I do. Uh, uh, you might notice from the accent, I'm what is technically known as a blow-in. Uh, originally from the UK and I moved here sort of at the end of last year. I've got a film degree, although, you know, who hasn't? Uh, But (laughs) (laughs) uh, just really passionate about film and also podcasting. And uh, I guess that's why I'm here. And also, more importantly, I am not on holiday right now.
1: You're wearing a shirt, though, that would suggest otherwise. We're
2: we're having a very uncharacteristically lovely period of weather. here, So still keeping that holiday vibe.
1: You're wearing the (laughs) Hawaiian shirt. I'm wearing the Hawaiian shorts. I am. (laughs) Yes. You've got to kind of break
2: the very rare, the opportunities you have to kind of break these out and dust them off in the wardrobe. So you might as well just take any <laughs> opportunity you get to break out the Hawaiian.
1: I'm having a sad moment actually because the shorts that fitted me last year don't fit this summer.
2: That's because they shrunk in the wardrobe.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 okay, well, uh, moving on from fashion <laughs> to this beautiful <laughs> if week. If you can I'm call it that. <laughs> Thanks. How many uh, We are going to be talking about Deadpool 2 and Citizen Lane. And I'm delighted that this week our special guest on the show as well is the new manager, of the galway film center alan duggan so we'll be speaking to alan later on as well during this podcast first up though let's take a look at deadpool 2 what in the foxicle is this my name's cable i'm here for the kid what the kid
0: move or die we're gonna form a super duper congruent We need them tough, morally flexible, and young enough to carry their own franchise for 10 to 12 years.
1: We will be known as X-Force.
2: Isn't that a little derivative?
1: You're absolutely right. Doing the right thing is messy. But if you want to fight for what's right, sometimes you have to fight dirty. And that, is why Sisterhood of the Travelling Pants is pure pornography.
3: Oh, God, I wish I finished college.
0: It lives up to the hype, plus plus.
1: Okay, they probably won't even make a three.
0: Yeah, why would they? Stop it, too. You killed it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go. That's a clip from the new Ryan Reynolds franchise movie, Deadpool 2. Hard enough to get a clip from that movie because, Lisa, there's a fair amount of cursing in this movie.
3: It's just a little bit. hmm A little bit.
1: <laughs> Look, if people have been living under a rock and they don't know about Deadpool 2, it is the sequel, of course, to the highly successful movie which came out a couple of years ago that Ryan Reynolds was fighting for over a decade, I think, to get made. Foul-mouthed mutant mercenary Wade Wilson, a.k.a. Deadpool, brings together a team of fellow mutant rogues to protect a young boy with supernatural abilities from the brutal time-traveling cyborg Cable played by the brilliant Josh Brolin.
3: It was awesome. Better than the first one. It was class. I loved every single minute of it. It was deadly.
1: Okay. Loved it. I five w- out of five. End w- of report. Because <laughs> I wonder going into these movies, because we were talking about this before we started uh, recording the podcast, Darren, that there's just so many franchise movies out there, especially mm. superheroes. Well, especially since at the moment
2: it's summer, uh, so you're naturally going to get a lot of those. But I. I A little bit behind the curve, I finally got around to watching Avengers Infinity Age of whatever it's called (laughs) at the weekend. And while I enjoyed it, I felt that I was there out of a sense of duty that I've already seen a lot of the Marvel films. And so there's this kind of FOMO, fear of missing out thing, about Mm. if I don't go and see the Avengers Infinity War before it finishes at the cinema, then I can't pick up on the rest of the story. And I think it is starting to get a little bit tiring. And you have to admire what they're doing with the Avengers in terms of it is just a, a massive feat of cinematic logic to keep all of those plates spinning the way they do but I do feel a little bit tired now and and I must admit I saw the original Deadpool and I really liked it and I'm very keen on seeing Deadpool too. but part of me is just like I just kind of want to watch something that isn't a franchise Mm. uh, before I go and see it because otherwise I just feel it's all overloaded really and in particular one of the things I kind of been thinking about and if you look at social media you know the way that these kind of franchises are almost getting toxic, especially Star Wars. the a lot of debate about The Last Jedi. And, and the, the Han
1: Solo one hasn't really done that well at all. Exactly
2: it's technically a, a flop. Yeah. Okay. And, mm. and a lot of people, you know, trolls on the internet saying, well, oh, that's because of us, because we hated The Last Jedi and and, and we made it a flop and, and sort of being proud of it, which is it's a really weird logic. And it, it's kind of got me feeling... Very anti-franchise at the moment, which is strange because I'm normally really up for that. But on the basis of what you've just said, I'm, I'm definitely going to give Deadpool 2 a crap.
1: You saw Avengers as well, Lisa. I surely did. So comparing the two of them.
2: Uh, Deadpool 2 was better.
1: Oh, right. Avengers
2: was
3: brilliant. Yeah. I liked it. But I love the Avengers anyway. I'm a big Marvel fan, not a DC fan.
1: Here's a review for Deadpool 2. Very forced. Almost all jokes fell flat. Even TJ was extremely unfunny. Stupid plot. That's
3: Awful! <laughs> that is lies. That is a terrible person that that you quoted from. Whoever <laughs> yeah. they are, they didn't obviously weren't in a good mood when they went to see that movie.
1: Probably not. No. No. But you thought it was really good.
3: I loved it. I thought it was really funny. I thought it was better than the first one. I thought they the script, the writing, everything was just really spot on.
1: Did Josh Brolin add to it? He sure did. Yeah. He adds to everything. These are the bits that excite me with the producer hat on. The budget for this. Movie was 110 million, up 50 million from the 2016 film. Worldwide, it has already grossed, as of last week, 600 million. Wow! The first one grossed 783 million.
2: So you can't argue with that, especially since you know they weren't too sure what the first one would do. Mm. I think the Deadpool franchise is very much this kind of anti-establishment vibe to it. Like you say, it's like mega sweary. It's Mm. kind of hitting those gags as as quickly as it can. And it is sort of anarchic and not afraid to kind of shock as well at times.
1: Mm. Okay, well, that is Deadpool 2. Five out of five from Lisa. And Darren, who has been fatigued by franchise movies, is actually thinking about catching us that, that's,
2: that's <laughs> leapfrogged in my list of, of films to see definitely i, I think maybe this uh, this might revive my uh passion for comic book films just feeling a little bit tired
3: <laughs>
1: okay next up we are going to be chatting about the irish feature documentary citizen lane This is the story of one man, Hugh Lane, who had a vision of founding a gallery that would bring modern art to the people of Dublin. Hugh
2: Lane had such a reputation, for having such a brilliant eye, that those pictures automatically went up in value just because he'd looked at them.
3: It's a very democratic ideal from someone who, according to many people, was a total snob.
1: And this became an obsession with him. Sublime. <laughs> This gallery will be the envy of the world, William.
2: He frightens me. I suspect he's not well. Of
1: course he's not well. He's an artist. What a curious prude you are. All this success spoken of so highly in the papers. I think you a disgrace. I beg your pardon. Fiery, isn't he they realize there's not been a beautiful building erected in the city for over a hundred years. He thinks he should build the gallery,
3: span the river?
1: I
0: hope the plain people of Dublin appreciate the gesture.
1: This gallery will add to the worth
2: of the city. While costing it dearly. I dispute that. The contemplation of beauty is no idle practice. Beauty speaks to the soul of man, to our higher selves. And any city that celebrates such practice can truly be considered great.
1: There you go. That's a clip taken from Citizen Lane. New Irish feature documentary, of course, set in Dublin in the early years of the 20th century about Hugh Lane. Directed by Titus O'Sullivan, who did a movie I loved, which came out, I can't believe, back in 2011. Stella Days, starring Martin Sheen about a cinema in, I think it was Dublin. He was a priest. And Is that what that was called? Stella Days, yeah. <laughs> And he did nothing personal in December Bride. Remember, we were being forced to watch December Bride when we were in college. And Marco Holleran, who I love, he wrote this. Marco Holleran, of course, is well-known as an actor, but he also wrote Garage and Adam and Paul.
3: I'm making a face. Anyway, go on. And it
1: stars <laughs> Tom Von Lawler and Michael Gambon. Yeah. Lisa.
3: Mm. Well, where to start with this featured documentary? Like, I love the documentary bits. They were really interesting. But, like, the bits with the drama bit... It wasn't very dramatic. It was very, like, very kind of, we're waiting for something. Something will happen any second now. And you're just like, no, nothing. It was, it was, like, um, I don't like you to use the B word. Mm. But it was kind of boring. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Tom Vaughn, Lauder, I thought more of you. But anyway. How was his performance <laughs> then? Oh, His performance was so, spot on. Like, he doesn't miss a beat. But at the same time, it was maybe maybe the subject matter just wasn't as interesting as it could have been. Mm. Like if it's a, it's about art and it was just it could it could have been more. I just I just felt like it could have been more. It could have been more dramatic. It could have shown more of Lane and delved into him a bit more. But it just didn't. It just uh, And I can't believe your man wrote it either. Yeah, he's that brilliant. Was very different for him to write. Yeah, but he didn't write much. <laughs> <laughs> There's just lots of documentary but not enough drama.
1: Okay, well it's budget was seven hundred and twenty grand as opposed to uh, Deadpool's hundred and ten million.
3: Well, you're not comparing them like for like really, are you? <laughs> okay, look Sorry.
1: we love Marco Halloran, we love Tom Von Lawler.
3: You're speaking the royal we, but anyway, go on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Citizen Lane out of five? Two. Two. Okay.
3: Sorry. Okay, no worries. Yeah, <laughs> sorry you had to go and see it for this week's podcast. No, I didn't. I didn't mind. I didn't mind. You know, it got me in out of the the rain. Oh no, wait. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anyways, let's take a look at what is happening in the world of cinema this mm-hmm. week. Okay, well, this is interesting because we're going back to what you had mentioned earlier on in this podcast, Darren. The director of Star Wars: The Last Jedi criticized internet trials after star kelly marie tran deleted all her instagram posts the actress who played rose in the last jedi wiped her account after being harassed by fans of the franchise which we were saying some fans are taking great pride in the reaction they're getting with their campaigns online
2: using fans in inverted commas here and without sort of wanting to kind of uh, end up kind of walking into the storm i think she's one of the best things about that film I just really enjoyed her in it. And I think it's kind of shocking that she's being hounded uh, to that extent. It's a worrying thing, really, I think. But I think the best way to look at it is is that these people kind of are trolls and they're probably not really fans of the franchise, even though they proclaim to be. I think it's just being used as an excuse to stir up a bit of hate and controversy. Uh, and I think it's fine, you know, if you don't like The Last Jedi and, and what it does. But it is just a film at the end of the Mm. day. Uh, And I know that Star Wars is important to to a lot of people. But, you know, life goes on and there is more Star Wars, as we know.
1: But I wonder, did some of these people grow up being told, look, you got to see A New Hope. It's a brilliant, brilliant movie. you got to see Empire Strikes Back. It's a great movie. And then they're like growing up as little, you know, sponges, young kids watching these movies going, oh, my God, yes, this is a great movie. They build this whole childhood around these movies and they're just expecting the impossible I, uh,
2: well yeah I'm, i don't know if that's just as consumers we feel that you know we're kind of more and more entitled to to the the best experience possible like i'm talking about franchises i'm a really huge bond fan and i remember leaving die another day virtually in tears that i just didn't like it. it wasn't the thing for me but i never felt i'm just going to start a hate campaign up mm. against pierce brosnan or john cleese and his invisible car <laughs> it, it never even remotely occurred to me and it's it, you know and and I, you know, about an hour or so later, I was kind of
1: over it. And I think Dying of the Day was actually the most successful Bond movie up until that period, which is why Pierce Brosnan couldn't believe he was dropped.
2: Yeah, and I can, I can have conversations now with people who, who can argue and almost persuade me that it is a really great film. And there are bits of it that I like. But yeah, I just think it's really weird. Whether this is the social media generation just wanting to kind of, I, I don't know, the psychology of it is, is very strange, having not necessarily grown up with that, uh, is to say, you know, yeah, it's it's kind
1: of weird because it's cool that fans can now reach out to the stars of these movies that they idolize and contact them rather than writing some fan mail and sending it off across the Atlantic. Oh, they yeah, can contact yeah. them now, the person can respond straight away, but that it's actually turned on its head and they're just attacking people yeah
2: and i think for the most part you know you're quite right social media is a really great way to connect with fans and for fans to connect with the franchise but i think it's it's uh, there is this strange sense of entitlement and like i say i i'm not entirely convinced that these are star wars fans i think they are trying to kind of kick off against minorities even what made
1: the headlines today and i wouldn't get overly excited uh when she does make the headlines but this one did kind of uh Annoy me, Irish reality star Vogue Williams, who's seven months pregnant, has hit out at online trolls today who have been fat shaming her.
3: For being pregnant?
1: Yeah. If you are listening to us <laughs> and you're annoyed about some movie, just Please go don't easy troll. on social media. <laughs> don't troll. Yeah. It's funny as well, because I know people in a cinema who will actually tweet the cinema from the screen to complain about the air conditioning. You or, are joking. Yeah, yeah. Or the lights haven't been turned off yet and the movie have started. <gasps> rather than getting out of their seats for the sake of two minutes to grab someone who's outside in the foyer and notify them. Oh I,
2: I guess God. sometimes <laughs> that you, if it's a certain film, you don't want to miss a vital <laughs> few minutes. I, I've sat there freezing cold through films because I don't want to miss a second of it. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Good news. Applications have opened for Northern Ireland Screens Shorts to Features 2018. This initiative is to basically help people get up and running if they want to make a feature film. They kind of make a short film of their intended feature film The feature project submitted must have previously received development funding from Northern Ireland Screen and at the end of the development period, Northern Ireland Screen will select up to three to go into production with a budget of up to £26,500 sterling. Deadline,
3: 6th of
1: July. RT has announced that it has teamed up with UK TV and have commissioned Women on the Verge, which is being brought to us by the IFTA award-winning writer and actress Sharon Horgan, and Lorna Martin. It's a six part series which tells the darkly comic tale of three friends, all career women in their 30s at various stages of their lives who share the same nagging concern that whilst their friends and colleagues seem to be increasingly in control of their lives, their own seem to be moving in the exact opposite direction.
3: I think I've read that. Any good? I think it was. All but right. I'm saying I think.
1: <laughs> Catastrophe was brilliant. By Sharon Horgan. More
3: She's Sharon brilliant. Hogan, I love yeah. Sharon Horgan. She's great. But
1: I wasn't a big fan of Motherland, which she brought I out in RT that. last year. And then she did Divorce for Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, did she? Do yeah, she wrote that as well. Wow. Did you watch it all?
3: Didn't watch any of it.
1: Okay. <laughs> it's a very no. yeah, I, I, w- saw I, I saw the first episode. I couldn't even finish the first th- episode. No, I only saw the first one. Yeah, I think I wanted it to laugh and it's not a... Not no, laugh out I loud. don't think.
3: Do did they, did they mean it to be a comedy? Comedy? Ah, it's
1: just something I probably presumed myself. Yeah, maybe. You were looking mm. in the wrong place
3: with that. Yeah. <laughs> it said divorce at the start. Well, it was Sharon
1: Horgan <laughs> of Catastrophe and it was Sarah Jessica Parker of Sex and the City. So I was like, yeah. oh, this is going to be brilliant, said my wife. <laughs> 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 and finally, Wildcard distribution have confirmed that Irish feature film Black 47, which is directed by Lance Daly, who brought us Life's a Breeze will go on nationwide release on September 7th.
3: Can't wait. Edge of my seat.
1: Well, there's a lot of excitement about this movie. I know I am actually excited about, about, about it. It's famine. a
3: Western and it's a famine one. Yeah. But but we never had one before.
1: But again, it could be really dark, bleak and depressing. It's hard to know.
3: It's an Irish film. It will
1: be. And it's about the yeah. famine.
3: Yes, it will be very dark and very depressing. But But it's got like Western elements to it. That'll mm. be fun.
1: Darren, thank you very much for joining us this week and Just Like I In The you're Movies. You're
2: very welcome. Thanks for having me.
3: And Thanks Lisa,
1: thank you for watching Deadpool 2. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for watching Citizen Lane. No problem. Now, joining us this week as our special guest and Just Like In The Movies is Alan Duggan, recently appointed manager of the Galway Film Centre. He's going to be telling us about his future plans with the Resource Centre.
3: Can't afford marketing personnel for your business? Don't worry, just head over to gkmedia.ie where you could have your very own professional marketing team for less than 100 euro per week. Check out our marketing solutions packages by visiting gkmedia.ie.
1: Now we're basking here in the beautiful sunshine in Galway City, just outside the offices of the Galway Film Centre at Clinwer where I am delighted to be joined by the new manager of the Galway Film Centre, Alan Dugan. Alan, thanks for joining us on Just Like in the Movies. Very good to be here. Alan, you were recently appointed taking over the role of Declan Gibbons as manager of the Galway Film Centre. But for those who aren't familiar uh, with the work you have been doing over the last couple of decades, could you
0: enlighten us a little bit? Since about 2000, I've, I've been working for myself well, until just now. And that has been predominantly an interactive. Most of it has been in games. There have been some forays into a little bit of animation and I did some consultancy work. Some years back with film and TV companies, but it's fair to say that my background is games, and uh, there are some interesting crossovers, though, particularly with animation, skill set wise, and we have many of the same creative challenges. Obviously, you know, we're looking to, in a lot of cases, bring uh, a story to an audience. So in that respect, we have a lot of a lot of similar challenges. In fact, when it comes to other areas like funding and supports and that kind of things. Games is very much left behind in the country. So it's been more of a challenge in that respect.
1: So what sparked your interest? Because I know you were busy running your own businesses. So what sparked your interest in actually taking up the role as manager now of the Galway Film Center?
0: Two things, really. One is um, so, as I mentioned, there have been few, if any, supports in the country for the games industry up to this point and actually uh, the RAP Fund is the first regional fund that even acknowledges games uh, as part of its remit. Um so that was very interesting and as part of the conversations we were having with the film center and with the western development commission it, that piqued my interest then in plans that were afoot from them to to broaden their supports so if you look at a lot of the stuff that the film center has done and continues to do today Um, There's some fantastic schemes that it runs. Uh, A lot of the supports are aimed at uh, filmmakers who are, you know, learning their craft or, or just getting off the ground. And we want to see those same supports expanded into animation and games. So there was that side to it. And then I guess the other side is that I saw in it an opportunity for me to be a driving force behind that. And I guess if you, you know, if you take my more entrepreneurial background, what I'm hoping is I can bring that energy to it.
1: We can see in Dublin that film base, which had a huge membership and was around for such a long time, in the end went into administration. How can the film center avoid such a situation like that happening when it's tight to get funds out there?
0: I suppose there's a couple of things there. One is because I've been an entrepreneur for so long, I'm used to being scrappy. And watching the cash flow and managing that really tightly. So already we're looking at how we manage ourselves and how we manage our projects and where we see you know mismatches in the value that we're providing through those projects and maybe the value that that's placed on them you know we're, we're looking at those things to assess them. The core funding was a huge problem with FilmBase and you know we faced similar challenges. We're certainly not blind to that and we're already talking to people about how we can address those, but you know, even though we are a you know, not for profit, a uh, registered charity, uh, we have to be sustainable because if we're not, then we fall too. And then that doesn't serve anybody. And uh, the fact that we're last man standing, if you like, in the country at the moment, that presents some challenges up until now a lot of the schemes that we would have run you know would have been national but may not have been thought that way um whereas now we're getting a lot of inquiries people asking well you know can anybody apply to those schemes and so the answer absolutely is yes but also there are schemes that are potentially out there now that we can possibly look to get involved in and maybe fill that gap a little bit again funding is critical in those aspects but um like i say there are conversations happening around that and I'm hopeful that possibly even this year we might be able to to make some some forward movement with that.
1: When I became a member of the Galway Film Centre 15 years ago the business model then has certainly changed to what it is now I mean ideally back then the film centre was making its money by hiring out and renting equipment but as we know a lot of people they're not buying a digibisha or renting a digibisha camera which would have cost probably 90 grand back then but they're able to buy their DSLRs and all that for a few grand get their lenses buy an iMac get Adobe Premiere Final Cut Pro and they have it at home there they're not needing to rent out editing suites so what have you been able to do or what can you do to deal with I suppose the changes that have taken place with digital technology that have allowed people to go off and carry out these tasks on their own without needing the services anymore of the film centre
0: so you're right equipment would not be high in terms of our turnover now there are still you know some aspects to equipment that are difficult for uh, independence to to just have at a moment's notice you know particularly lighting and dollies that kind of stuff but yeah no it pretty everyone has their own gear at this stage so it's not some we wouldn't be so much looking at that for sure training is a huge part you know there are things that we can bring in terms of workshops in terms of seminars and uh, the are difficult for you to get yourself. Even with online training where, you know, you can do it yourself at home, there's still also the aspect of working with others, which is also really difficult to do unless it's structured. Plus, we're now looking at progressing professional training a bit more. We're in discussions with some of the colleges around accreditation and things like that. So training for sure is a big part of it. The schemes is a huge part of it. And in fact, you know, some of the things we would be trying to look at is how we can better use the schemes to have people interact with each other. We've already started to do that. Some of the programs we're involved with, uh, like Screen Talent Europe, for example, you know, there's a lot of mixing of people and skills, not just locally, but internationally. and That's really useful because people get to have a slightly different perspective on things. Uh, So there's those kind of initiatives that it's really hard for people to do in isolation or to do from home and we can add a lot of value there.
1: And it's interesting what you were saying about the Goy Film Centre kind of being the last one standing with the closure of other similar film centres around the country, but it really is a great time for the West to rise. As I said, UNESCO City of Film, Galway 2020 coming up, we've T. G. Car here, we've the headquarters of the Irish Film Board, we've Rap now. The Film Fla, of course, Little Cinema. So there is lots happening here.
0: It's incredible. And actually, even as you went through that list, there's so much about each of those things that's massively important. Coming in fresh, there's such a huge amount of work that Declan had done in uh, helping to get us to be part of that network and in, in getting the designation. But in managing the the Cities of Film, so he he was chair of that. He was also on the steering group. That network has huge potential value to us yeah, as a city and and as a as a canter it provides opportunities for collaborations with the other cities uh, it could potentially provide us with opportunities for uh, research with other universities in other cities and obviously we'd be hoping that we'd get to a point where we could have co-productions happening between here and other European countries because that then opens the door beyond national funding to international and and then gets us into the more commercial aspects obviously with a commercial background that's the first part of my brain that engages with all of this stuff and so i am very much looking to see what are the tangible benefits that we can bring along with the brand like obviously the brand itself is hugely important it's so well recognized internationally and something that's maybe sometimes forgotten is you know, the designation, although we manage the designation, the designation belongs to the city and to the county. And so we'd absolutely encourage anyone who's involved in film in city or county who who feels like it might be appropriate you know, to come talk to us and we'll figure out how we can make that happen and, so that they get the use of the brand and get the benefit of it too.
1: Now, Alan, the Gawai Film Centre are involved in RAP. You're not the manager of RAP, but it's fair to say you are presently actively engaging with producers interested in productions in the West of Ireland.
0: Absolutely. Uh, My clear message to anyone in the West that feels they have a, a production that lines up with RAP in terms of its requirements, absolutely. Pick up the phone, come in, talk to us. We're more than happy to have conversations with people. There is a process and a procedure for uh, production and there will soon be guidelines published for development. So please, yes, pick up the phone.
1: And th- there's a nice kitty there that can be accessed.
0: Absolutely. I think people lose sight of the fact that there's a two million fund and there's only a small portion of that that's already been allocated. In my eyes, it's it's one of the most significant developments in Galway and in the West Well, in quite a long time. For film, when it comes to animation and games on the other end, It's probably the biggest that there has been in the country in some time.
1: Just speaking of gaming, they're saying that come 2020, virtual reality is going to be massive. And come 2030, we're going to be moving into augmented reality. All that sort of stuff scares me at the moment. Where do you see the industry itself going from an Irish perspective? Because there's lots of changes coming down the line.
0: There are, and, and there's different ways you can think about that. If you think about the use cases that will be applicable to each of those, like virtual reality, as it stands right now, is quite a, an isolated experience. That may well change in, in time with, with some of the players, particularly Facebook that are involved, but there are use cases where that works really, really well, and, and it can be incredibly powerful for the experience. But will it replace a shared experience where you're actually sat beside other people in a cinema? Probably not in the short term, at least. Augmented reality then, it has many use cases and some of them are quite utilitarian. So, you know, you're walking down the street and you get presented with information from an entertainment perspective. You know, there's the you're sat at home with your HoloLens or whatever it might be. And you're watching a massive big screen up on your wall that doesn't really exist. So there are those kind of things, but again, there are quite a number of hurdles before those become adopted across mass market. I have no doubt they will find their place, but if you think about the content that's presented across all of those, the most important thing for any of them is that they make a connection with the audience and that all comes back to storytelling and all of the skills that you associate with filmmaking and with with animation and good content in games or whatever it is today. So I don't think any of that's going away anytime soon. There will be skill sets that will you know become more prevalent and I think there will actually be skill sets that will be quite shared across all of those much more so than they are even today. But the fundamentals, I think, will, will stay the same. I mean, ultimately, we, we like telling stories and we like hearing stories, so that's going to stay.
1: Brilliant, Alan. Well, certainly challenging but exciting times ahead for you as manager of the Galway Film Centre.
0: Very much so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Alan Duggan, manager of the Goi Film Centre, thank you for joining us on Just Like In The Movies.
0: Thank you very much, Gary. Cheers.
3: Can't afford marketing personnel for your business? Don't worry, just head over to gkmedia.ie where you could have your very own professional marketing team for less than 100 euro per week. Check out our marketing solutions packages by visiting gkmedia.ie.
1: Well, thanks very much for listening to Just Like In The Movies brought to you by gkmedia.ie. If you'd like to get in touch with us, don't troll. Is it troll or troll? Troll. Troll. Yeah. Don't troll us. You can email movies at he. You can be really, really nice by leaving lovely reviews on iTunes and SoundCloud and stuff like that. Somebody
3: did. Some nice lady did. Alright. Yeah, did you not see that? No. Yeah, she did.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> That's it, Sinead. Until we talk to you next week. Thank you, Darren. Thank you, Lisa.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>